To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast episode. What episode is this, guys? Is this 20? No, it can't be 20, right? It's 20, no. It's 20? Wow, yeah, 20. Yeah, I think it's 20. Yeah, man, 20. Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast episode 20. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers. I got my boy, as always, with me, my brother Ramon, sitting right next to me. Got my brother Carlos calling in from San Antonio. Say what's up, Carlos. What's going on, man? Calling in, huh? It's the same thing, bro. Yeah, you're right. right. Ramon, say what's happening. (laughs) What's up, man? How y'all doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, as y'all know, but we're going to pretend because of the podcast, I stepped out on you guys yesterday, (laughs) and I recorded another podcast, the Hot Spot Podcast. With uh, Myron, who's on our podcast, right. what it was like a month or two ago. Yeah, it was, it was a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it was a great experience, man. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed I it. I see you, bro, coming to, becoming a local celebrity, bro. Everybody's trying to get <laughs> you on their show now. Uh, get out of here, man. Get out <laughs> of here. like that. Get out of here. I, I had a great time, though. Featuring Robert Snowden. I see you. Yeah, so if you if you're interested in other things besides sports, uh, just in the culture in general, go ahead and check out the Hot Spot Podcast on uh, Apple, on iTunes, and Maybe he's on, on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. So, uh, but more specifically, just check out your boy, man. You, you listen to us here, so if you want to hear me do that guest appearance, make sure you check that out. Episode fifty five, I think, is with them. We got to catch up with them, but. It'll be a while. Yeah, it'll be a But shout out to Myron. Thank you for having me on. Man, what's up with you guys, man? Same old, same old, bro. Just enjoying sports as we do throughout the week, man. Had a good night watching uh, Duke last night. Yeah, uh, we're going to get to so that. We're going to get to that later. I know we're going we're to get to your Dukies, yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to get to your Dukies. Just had to throw that in there. But yeah, everything is going well, man. Just been ready to uh, get with y'all again and record. So, so Lowe's, don't get quiet now. Because the Saints finally met the Rams, and we handled them pretty good. I think it was a good game. Uh, you was actually at the game, so do you want to talk about, speak on how loud that dome was? <laughs> now, I'm going to say this, you know, if we go back an episode, you know, I did predict this. I did say, you know, if a team that's going to beat the Rams, it would be the Saints. I just had the right formula to do it, you know. Y'all got the running game, y'all got the passing game. And, you know, it was a good game. It was loud. I ain't gonna lie. You know, 
Oh, you like that? Uh, they had you moving yeah, in there. Uh, they had you doing the shoot in there, huh? <laughs> Imagine Los doing the shoot. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the old, the other crowd to it. Yeah. You know, Your uncle led that, huh? Your uncle led was directing that band, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm glad New Orleans showed you a great time. Uh, I think that the I think that we probably was looking at at a preview of the NFC Championship. Oh, yeah. Um, with the Rams and the Saints playing, but I mean, I'm, I'm talk about the game or what I loved about it. My favorite moment was Michael Thomas pulling out that flip phone. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. You know, he paid homage to Joe Horn because at the Saints pace great. that Michael Thomas is going, he's probably going to be the greatest receiver to ever play in the Saints uniform, and and Joe Horn was one of the greatest ones. Yeah. So I looked at that, you know, and then you, you look at Joe Horn's quote afterwards, and he was just saying that it always brought a tear to his eye because young guys don't really pay homage to, you know, their predecessors. So. I mean, I mean to the ones before that. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, I said it right. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I thought that was a good. You know, I thought that was a good look. You know, even though white. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna make this racist, but I mean, most white people I talked to was like, oh no, that was just you know disrespectful. That was just unsportsmanlike. I'm yeah. like, I, I was trying to see why was that being turned into a big deal. Like I didn't yeah, get it. Yeah, I saw like a. Skip Bayless or whoever was tweeting about it and saying should Michael Thomas be punished and I was like punished for what like to me that was one of the more to me even laid back and relaxed like celebrations as opposed to everything that all these other players been doing yes did it come at a pivotal moment where you know field position could have you know the penalty could have hurt I thought the game was over at that point but it was like I don't what what other moment what what was gonna be a better moment? Like yeah. he scored It never would have been a better moment. He had moment. it set up. Yeah. Like that was the moment to do to it. Do so it. Yeah. like I didn't see what was the big deal out of it. I thought it was a it was a cool thing and it was another thing, you know, with Michael Thomas, to me he's really been one of those guys that's really embraced being a saint. Yeah. Embraced him and Alan Kamar. Yeah, him and Alan Kamar, they embraced the New Orleans culture. Like they fully embraced that and embodied that. And so I think to see him Hey, homage to that, to me, I thought it was a good move. Yeah. You were chiming in, huh, Lowe? Yeah, I, I think it was a good move, but the biggest question... Yeah, I mean, I think it was a, a good move, but I think the biggest uh, question is, did he have two cell phones? Like, think about it this way. What if he didn't score that way? You know what I'm saying? Did I think they said he had two. They said he had two. Yeah, they said he had yeah. two. Well, he no, said okay, he did. So it didn't matter whichever one he scored on. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering, you know. That was kind of, see if, you know, if he had it or not. But I think it was kind of cool, you know. It was a big moment. He did it, you know. He said he trusted his team to take care of him after the penalty. He knew he was going to get a, a penalty for it. But, you know, at that point, you got two minutes. You go up 10. You know, you're going to need a miracle at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I yeah, thought the game was pretty much in hand, you know. I, you know, Sean Payton gave him a ear for it, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's supposed to, you know. But, you know, it was a moment. It, it, I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, you can't say nothing about a guy that that, that gave you 200 yards receiving in one oh game, gosh. 70 receptions for that for yeah. the for for the Saints. The closest receiver, I mean, the receivers combined, our other receivers combined, only has 38 receptions yeah. on the year. Oh, yeah. oh. So I mean, you I mean you 
Come on, man. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I got to say, he was torching Marcus Peters. Oh, he was eating him he, for lunch. He, he was eating his lunch. Was. What's up with that, Lowe's? You got to, yeah. man, you got only Rams fan that we have access to. So you got to, you you really got to answer to this, bro. Like, what, what's up with Marcus Peters, bro? Sometimes he may feel like he can gamble if he has that help, but he obviously didn't have that on that play, and that caused him to get burned. And right. I'm glad you. That's exactly what he was asking for. He was asking for help over the top, you know. And before he can really communicate, the ball was snapped, and then it was just one on one, and then of course the rest is history. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, mentioned Drew Brees because I don't think he's talked about enough. Uh, this this year oh, about how great he's been playing oh, yeah. at at thirty eight thirty nine years old, yeah. uh you know you know he you're looking at his complete completion percentage at seventy six percent. Uh, he's only thrown one interception this year, one interception. Yeah. He threw eight last year. He threw fifteen the previous year. I mean, Drew Brees take a lot of chances, but you know he's only thrown one pick this year to go along with uh. You know, with with and he's averaging with the with every pass, he's averaging nine point five yards. I mean, he's having an excellent year. He's averaging two ninety two yards a game, which you know is is pretty pretty that's, nice. That's still solid. Yeah, that's very that running nice. game. That's pretty much what you would expect. Exactly. Know? So I mean, he he's having a year that that I, I mean, eighteen touchdowns. You know, he's having an amazing year. Yeah. He's having an MVP year. Yeah. And he threw for like he threw for what four touchdowns or three four I think he threw for four. Sunday, so I mean he's he, you know he's 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 playing great and he's having an MVP campaign and just like Lo say he's been doing what he's been doing all year and now with the news today that Dez has officially signed with the New Orleans Saints, um, right now you're looking at at the sec with the Saints you're looking at the the second uh, I'm sorry the second most points scored 
They're, they're averaging the second most points scored in the league right now at 33 points. So, I mean, our offense is not an issue. Right, right. Um, like I mentioned before, I mean, you're looking at Michael Thomas. I mean, he's, his usage rate is, is out of this world. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a Saints team that, that, that needed that complimentary receiver yeah. to Michael Thomas to take the pressure off of him. Uh, I mean, what do you think about yeah, the trade? I, I mean, I think with, with Dez coming over, I think him being signed is kind of the perfect situation for everyone involved. Um, you look at, like you said, you add him into that offense. You know Michael Thomas is the number one receiver over there. And sometimes throughout the course of this year, obviously, we've seen him face double, even sometimes triple coverage. Well, right now, in my opinion, of course, we know that this is not prime Dez Bryant. But now Dez Bryant can draw a defender over there. You, you may be in a difficult situation of trying to double Michael Thomas now. We know that Ted Ginn had gone down, which was a great receiving weapon for the Saints. And so I think you sliding in Dez to that number two or even sometimes number three receiver role is going to be perfect for that offense. He's never going to have to face the number one corner really at all because we know that that's going uh, Michael Thomas' way, you yeah. know, basically all the time. And so I think he's coming into a situation, too, where he's not bigger than the organization. So he has to come in. He has to fill his role. He has to adjust to everything. I think Drew Brees is an excellent leader. Sean Payton is an excellent leader. So I think that everything will mesh well in the locker room. And he's just, like you said, another weapon for them. I mean, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Dez Bryant, Chip. you got your boy Meredith over there, Ben yeah. Watson. Did you mention Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram, yeah. yeah. Who uh, who always fakes like he's hurt every time he fumbles, but that's another thing. Oh man, oh that <laughs> pissed me off. Yeah, I knew he wouldn't hurt. That's another. Yeah, that's that. another discussion. But, yeah. But yeah, uh, but I, I think that the, I think that the Dez move is a is a good move. Uh, I yeah, know that. I mean, you look at us. I mean, we needed him desperately because no other receiver. On our team has more than twelve receptions, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Yeah, yeah, and and Michael Thomas has seventy receptions. That's crazy to think about. I I, I'll say, I don't like the dead signing, and I'm not saying it as a hater. I'm just I'm saying that as I don't think I don't think I think he's going to be inconsistent with the team, you know. And I'm looking at this as a fantasy player, you know. I'm looking at this <laughs> oh, as you know, um, I think he'll have a role, but I think Dez of old, the Dez that we think is good, I think it's gone. You know what I'm saying? I think that's probably why it took him a while to sign, you know, and I think he waited. He got into the perfect situation, but I think that's why it took him a while because he's not the same Dez of old. He, I think his name carries more value than actually how he played. I'm interested to see how he pan out, you know, um, and I, I, you know, I just don't think he's going to be any better than Traquan Smith. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really think he, what he brings is no different than, I mean, Traquan Smith is more speed, but I don't know if Dez can really bring something special to the Saints. You know what I'm saying? I just think he's just going to be a guy out there. You know, I think his name, again, carries more value than what he can actually put on the field. So I'm interested to see how he pan out, especially that Week 13 matchup against Dallas, you know, when he goes back against his old team. But right now, I'm just like, I'm, it doesn't really excite me. It's not, it doesn't to me. It doesn't move the meter for the Saints. It's not like, oh man, the Saints are nasty now. I think again, his name carries more value than what he's gonna put on the field. I I slightly disagree with you. 
uh, just because, I mean, you're bringing in a guy that, that uh, last year he had, what, 60 receptions, over 60. I'm guessing like right now 60-something receptions. Yeah, I think it was like 69 or something. 69, like 880 yeah. yards, six yeah. touchdowns. Uh, you're bringing up a guy that has 73 touchdowns on his career, which is, which is I think, is like uh, maybe only second to uh, Witten. Jason Witten, you're bringing a guy, you're bringing a, a top five receiver in Dallas history to your team. Uh, literally and statistically top five with 73 receptions and I think, you know, almost 10,000 yards receiving. And, you know, Michael Irvin played over there in Dallas. Yeah. Jason Witten played over there in Dallas. You know, that is saying a lot to be top five in Dallas history. Uh once the saying goes, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I think you're bringing in a guy that 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 gets touchdowns. We got a legitimate red zone target outside of Michael Thomas, and we also have the option, you know, because I think that honestly, when when you get Daz, when you get Daz inside the ten yard line, when you get the ball in his hands at that yard line, you basically have a running back out there because that's the type of uh, physicality he runs with after the catch. So I mean, I think he helps them in the red. He helps us in the red zone. And I think he I also you. gives us another option. I got you. I got you. But, again, I've heard all this before. I heard this the same thing last year with Adrian Peterson, a guy that he brings no. this and brings that, you know, that's somebody that's great. You know, it's, it, at a point, these players get washed. Des Bryant is now over 30 years old. He's you know, only Des 30. Bryant, he's 30. Okay. He's only 30. But, again, his problem last year was he's not the same player. You know, he, he's a shell of himself. And I can see, again, the same thing I told you last year with Adrian Peterson. He was washed, you know, and he's not the same player he used to be. And I can see the same but thing. But is he washed? Look what he's doing in Washington. He, Adrian was just in the wrong system. I, I mean, again, Adrian, again, he's inconsistent. Again, Man, he's that, this inconsistent. Right. But this, I think moving forward, I think moving forward, Dez is going to be inconsistent. And I said that. Dez is going to be inconsistent. He's not going to be this receiver that you think – what you're getting. It's, first of all, it's too many mouths to feed already. Nah. And I think already. Did you hear me say that only the only receiver, the closest receiver in receptions to to uh to Michael Thomas only has twelve receptions. Michael Thomas has seventy. There are plenty of balls many, to go around. But how many? How many, receiving, <laughs> how many uh, catches does Kamara have? Kamara has like fifty yeah, catches. Okay, exactly. So you got Kamara to feed. You got Michael Thomas to feed. You got Ben Watson to feed. You, you think Dad's going to sit around and be like, get his one or two catches a game and be okay with that? No, Dad's trying to get paid next offseason. Man, so, Dad's going to have to take a back seat, know? though. Right. I, I think okay. – I, but this is this is what I still think is being mixed in everything. It's okay for Dad's Bryant to be inconsistent. Exactly. We that don't need him to be consistent. is one of the top three offenses we in the league. We are number two in the league so, in scoring. So, to me, when you look at the Saints and you adding Dez, that's only creating value. That's exactly. only adding some value. Exactly. So, if he can go out there and he can prevent Michael Thomas from getting double covered, if he can take some attention, you know – this and that play to me, his value. I, I don't think he's Dez of all. I don't think he's Dez. No, no his he don't prime need to time, be. But he doesn't need to be that guy. And then he he's thirty have years old yeah. too. He so doesn't have to. The shelf life of a wide receiver yeah. is longer than the shelf life of a running back too. He doesn't have to be number one guy. We know that definitely. Even receiving wise, Kamara can be your number two guy coming out there. Yeah. If Dez is playing at number two, three, or everything I said. Everything I 
saying is you're saying exactly what I'm saying. No, yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying what you're saying because what you're saying is. I'm saying everybody on my timeline talking about, oh, there's this, there's, oh, now they have the top three, this, that. But you're talking to savvy sports people right now, though. You can't listen to everybody on Twitter. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to have a fantasy guy on my team that's been sitting out for eight <laughs> weeks. All right. So, I'm, oh, we got something else. Like I let off saying, we second in scoring. So even if he's not the guy, I mean, right. do we really need him? Not hurting, right? right. I mean, MT, MT got 70 receptions and he's being double and triple covered every game. But right. we, we spent a lot of time on that, you yeah. know. So I said, in NFC Championship game, I think all three of us agree that it'll be the Rams in the yeah, same time. That, that was a preview of it right there. Okay. So okay. I think the biggest thing that comes from this now going forward is just how do both of those teams finish out the year? Where is that game going to be played when it's that time? Will so, it be in the Dome or will it be in L.A.? I think that's the biggest thing. But I think those two teams, are, to me, that's, that's set. What about AFC Championship? I mean, I think AFC Championship-wise, I'm still going with Chiefs and Patriots. Chiefs, yep. Chiefs and Patriots. Uh, I like. I think they are the two best teams in AFC, definitely. But I think the Chargers are having a good year. Yeah, um, they are. They're flying under the radar. They are. And they seemingly fall under the radar every year. I mean, why is that? I mean, they're, you know, they're, they have, you know, they have some respectable wins. 
Uh, you know, they they have they every their year. only two losses have come to what the Rams and the Chiefs, right? Exactly. They really only so, lost to two of the top right. three or two top four or whatever teams. So you got a you got a five and two team there. So what do you think? Is it TV exposure? Is it is it just the Chargers' names that they they're sharing the city with the Rams? That's exactly what it is. They're not if they're in San Diego, back where they belong, they will be getting yeah, way back where they belong. <laughs> right. You know, it's it, you, when you play a second fiddle, it's like the Clippers. I was just gonna say that, bro. I yeah. was just gonna the Clippers say was good. You know, nobody really. Okay, they were good. They made the playoffs. You know, they you know got past the first round maybe once or something. Nobody really cared though. It's the Clippers. You know, it's the same thing with the Chargers. You play a second fiddle. You know, no matter what your record is, until you start putting up banners and you start winning and doing that type of stuff, nobody cares. You know, it's like, okay, oh, they're going on the high street, but it's the same old Chargers. You know, it's that type of thing. You get that feel, that same Clipper feel when it comes to the Chargers. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. No, I definitely feel the same thing. I was going to use that same example, actually, of them being basically like the Clippers in L.A., um, and I think we've already basically kind of summed it up with why they float under the radar. But it's crazy to also think that Philip Rivers is also having a heck of a season. And he's even when we talk yeah, about like MVP candidates and we say Drew Brees and we say Patrick but Mahomes. No Philip Rivers. No Philip Rivers. And you look at his numbers of his completion percentage being at 67%, which is a really good completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Him having over 2,200 yards passing, 19 touchdowns to three interceptions. So he's not being that Phillip Rivers that's going out there and throwing and turning forcing the ball it, yeah. over and forcing it. So he has, he's having a heck of a year. Keenan Allen is having a great year. And then you look at um, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. And he gets back. Who, who Carlos didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It gets back to the discussion that we were having about when you have those three positions. Like we talked about the Saints with Drew, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. You look at the Chargers with. Philip Rivers, yeah. Gordon, and um, Keenan Allen over there. That's a nice. But they proven trip. they can't beat the Rams. They proven yeah. that they. I think they're. I think that it's just. I think that at this point in the season, I mean, they're six and two. That's a respectable record. But when we looking at the scope of the league in general, we know we now know the teams that are on just another yeah. level. And you know those teams for me are the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Rams. Yeah, those those are- te- those four teams are on just another level. Uh, I think that Pittsburgh is is, is they starting to they click. The Panthers yeah. are starting yeah. to click, but I still don't feel like the Panthers have enough that what what the teams that I mentioned in my top four has. So um, you know, I think that the Chargers are good. I think that that this is just not their year. Up. They're in that tier too. They're in that second. They, they're tier. in that second tier. They're, they're, yeah. they're, there's the top tier that you mentioned. Yeah. Those four teams then that we think are going to be in the championship game. Yeah, and then then the second tier you got. You know, you got your, you got the, uh, the Chargers, you got the Panthers for me. Uh, I mean, I, the Patriots are like that wild card. They, they, to me on paper, they're like in between the first and the top tier. Like Patriots, I'm not gonna put Patriots are tier one. When Patriots are healthy, they're tier one. Yeah, Josh Gordon and Josh you know, Gordon. Josh, you have a healthy Gronk. You get a healthy Sony Michelle. Yeah. You know, you, you and then you got Tom Brady. You got Tom Brady. Then you, you got, got the Drew on the sideline. What so, am I saying? Yeah, they're, 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 they're tier so, one. So my tier one has five teams. Yeah. No, four teams. Four teams. I said the Patriots. Yeah, I thought I didn't. I did. Saints, Chiefs. Oh yeah, I did say Saints. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Right. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. <laughs> but yeah, that that you know that I think that that sums it up on the chart. I just thought that that was interesting. I just want to you know kind of talk about that because I, I say hey look they six and two and they they're not getting any fire. Uh, Saints is the hottest team in the league right now. Seven wins in a row. <laughs> right. I just thought I'd throw that so, in. Uh, 
I so, really want to say this. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Real quick before you move on, Rob. Um, so, you know, we, we're talking about the Rams and the Saints and who's going to, where the, the game is going to be played at, who's going to, to not lock up that number one seed. So looking at the schedule, you know, the Rams finish out, you know, they play the Eagles. You know, we got the Eagles to come up. We got the Chiefs. You know, those are our biggest games, you know, that's going to determine if we're going to receive, you know, another loss. Um, and I was looking at also the Saints schedule. The Saints, you know, they got a tough one coming up too, you know, where they play the Eagles, the Bengals. You know, you play the Panthers from here on out twice. You play the Steelers. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Saints can go ahead and finish out and lock up that number one seed, you know, because in our last few games, you know, we play teams like the Cardinals and the 49ers which right now, you know, are probably bottom teams in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Saints, because right now the Saints, of course, hold the tiebreaker because they beat the Rams, but to see if the Saints can hold that number one spot mm-hmm. going forward playing all these tough teams. So I'm, I'm interested to see how these last, you know, eight, seven to eight weeks or so go. Yeah, right. yeah, definitely. So at this point, we're eight games in. We're halfway through the season. I just wanted to go give, like, the midseason awards type deal. Um I mean, I guess we could do NFL MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rick, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, I mean, that's oh, that's too many. That's too much. Let's just I do the ones we, people care yeah. about. Uh, let's do MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, that works. Uh, who who want to go first? I'll go first. So, uh, MVP right now, halfway part, has to be Pat Holmes. Pat Mahomes. Easy. Easy choice with, you know, um, Gurley coming with a close second. Um... My defensive player of the year will have to be Aaron Donald, you know, who's leading the league in sacks. Um, and uh, what, what was our other position? Offensive player of the year? Offensive player of the year probably be Ty, Ty Gurley. Okay. I mean, defensive player of the year probably would be different for me. I, I agree with you with Pat Mahomes so far this year. I think that he's been clearly the quarterback I mean the NFL. I mean the MVP of the year. I mean NFL. Ah, NFL MVP. NFL MVP. <laughs> and I think that you know, like you said, offensive player of the year. Of course, Ty Gurley. He's leading the league in touchdowns. He's doing everything for the Rams. He is the Rams offense, pretty much. And you know, for defensive player of the year, I think that I would I would go a little different with with defensive player of the year. But I mean, I can't think of anybody outside of Aaron McDonald, Aaron Donald right now. <laughs> Aaron McDonald, huh? I always do that to him. I don't know. Come back to me on defensive player of the year. Nah, um, for me, for me, I'm going I'm to be a little bit different, man. I'm not going with the consensus around here. You got to go my, with the facts, though, yeah. man. Pat Mahomes, bro. Yeah. Who can you put over Pat Mahomes? I mean, Realistically. I feel like, okay, okay, all right, if it gets down to, yeah, Pat Mahomes, <laughs> I was going to make an argument for Drew Brees. I was going to make an argument I, I, for And I, I welcome that. Yeah, I was going to make an argument for Drew Brees. Not, not the numbers. Pat Mahomes. I'm, I'm hoping Drew can get his numbers to the point where he can be called it, because, but his number's not really there yet. Now, offensive player of the year, I'm going a different route as well. What's I'm, I'm not going tired. Offensive player of the year, Adam Thielen. Okay, I'm, I'm not mad at that. Adam Thielen, leading the league in receptions, leading the league in receiving yards, yeah. second in receiving touchdowns. I'm going with Adam Thielen right there. And then defensive player of the year, I'm not going with the consensus of, of Aaron Donald. I'm not going there. You know yeah. who I'm going with? Yeah. Former LSU Tiger, Daniil Hunter. Oh, That's get out of here. Okay, get out of here. You want to look at the stats? <laughs> yeah, All right. let's look at com- If we go to tackles, he has 13 more tackles than Aaron Donald. All right, then we want to go to sacks. 
he's actually leading the league in sacks. He has a, a sack and a half more than Aaron Donald. So you look at him at 11 and a half sacks as opposed to Aaron Donald at 10. You look at Donald's 30 tackles as opposed to Daniel Hunter's 43 tackles. I mean, there's a... I know Aaron Donald still has tackles for loss and that, but... Player of the year, man. I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me not to say Aaron Donald, bro. I, I mean, I, I, I looked at it. I, I can't go against him, bro. I mean, and, and you know, the thing about it, like it, it's like this year is really no real standout defensive player of the year, like he said, it's been in the past where you'd be like, oh, you know, that guy's definitely getting it. But you know, it's the season still early, though. Yeah. Somebody could emerge. Nah, if you ask me, best defensive player, which is to me still different from the actual defensive player of the year award. I look at it different. Statistically versus like who I think is the most talented, Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the league. Every, I mean, I don't think there's a reason to make that. Everybody knows that he's the most talented guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting a little bit out there because I think my boy Daniel Hunter is kind of flying under the radar. And when you start to actually really look at production, you'll see that the numbers do look good going Daniel Hunter's way. But yeah, that's so, just kind of my thought in my field. Man. That's good, man. That's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Tweet us your NFL midseason player awards if you feel differently than we feel at O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter. We'll respond very swiftly between the three of us. We love a good sports debate. Only with the savvy ones, though. Yeah, Only with the savvy ones. Not the trolls. Ones. Yeah, not the trolls. We've been getting a lot of trolls lately. That must mean we're getting a little clout out there, <laughs> whatever clout means. So... We're going to switch over to NBA a little a little bit. Um, basically, I've been very satisfied with the NBA so far this year. I think that uh, Adam Silver has done a great job of bringing back what made the NBA exciting. Not overreacting over fights and, and, and quarrels yeah. and scuffles. You know, letting the guys be themselves. Um, I think that the scope of the NBA is, is, is really... You know, you're starting to really kind of see the forward thinking that, you know, Adam Silver's leadership is starting to rub off across the league. Yeah. With- yeah, you st- you're starting to see that. I mean, it's going to continue. The brand is just continuing to expand. 
Of course, revenue-wise, it's going to be a long time before the NBA can catch up to the NFL revenue-wise. But as far as the, the league that kind of has that energy that they still kind of growing, kind of booming and going forward and are progressive, the NBA is really that league right now. And like you said, you can attribute that to Adam Silver's leadership. And one thing that I've just been noticing, too, about the league in general, part of it is because of rule changes, but offense has been crazy in the league this year. Like, yeah. scoring numbers, have you been seeing the numbers yeah. that teams and certain players and stuff have been putting up? Um, you really seeing that the league is trending in that direction. It's offensive heavy, really less focus on defense. You're not seeing too many teams yeah. playing defense right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, and then you know, with the with the like the you know when you look at the how the game is called and and and, and how refs are calling the game, it seems like they're more offensive friendly. Yeah. You know, you're not able to really you know hand check. Of course, that's yeah. been been gone for like you know years. Yeah, but yeah. you know, just you know, the defender really is is, is sometimes is, is is really you know um, in a bad yeah. spot or you know really right. put in a bad spot because. You know they don't get they're not getting that yeah. many calls. No, know? that that freedom of movement uh, rule that got placed into the league, where pretty much almost lack of a better term, you can't really cut an offensive player off, or you can't like what are you supposed to do as a defender? Like my as a defender, yeah. I, that's what you get trained to do when you growing up. Yeah, it's so cut it's the like, man off. It's so like now it's all about this freedom of movement, but the thing is they feel that offense is what's going to draw the viewers. People like to see high scores, players dropping 40, 50 points, you know, all those kind of things. And so, you know, that's kind of what the league is, all the three-pointers, all that. So that's just kind of what it's been so far this year. Not much defense at all. Yeah, that's kind of trash. I mean, I don't like that aspect yeah. of it because I still like a good defensive game. So um, after we, we, we were like 10 games in, yeah. we've seen a 10-game sample of the league. Uh, who's been the most impressive rookie to you guys so far? Oh. It has to be a boy uh, from Atlanta, man. Um, Trey. Trey Young. Trey Young. Trey. I like Trey. Well, Trey, he don't have much around him right now. But Trey, he looks special, man. He he, he looked on that his shot. You know, he's getting assists. You know, he's pushing, the, he's pushing it. But, again, he doesn't have much around him. And so he is the guy taking the majority of shots. He kind of reminds me. You know, I know he had this comparison coming out of Curry, but he he he's just that good with his range, man, and he he's everything advertised like he was at Oklahoma, you know, and I, I like him a lot, you know, he's impressed me the most, you know, surprisingly. Yeah, I I think for me, I'm just I'm gonna go with Luka Doncic, man. To me, Luka that he's gonna take yeah. mine, man. Well, well, well going, no, going into it, I thought that that everybody was I thought y'all was gonna kind of be skewed towards Luka, and so Trey was gonna be the one I was gonna point out. Um, but you know, just the obvious one to me, Luka. Back to the drum, yeah, to me, Luka is uh, really the standout up until this point. It's showing that everything that they talked about him in the Euro League. Is being validated. His game to me right now just seems the most mature. It does. It does. Rules. You can really see that he's been playing pro yeah, basketball. You can see for, he's been for, playing for pro basketball. Years. He's he's definitely very versatile. You see Dallas playing him at several different positions. Yeah, they're not just playing him at point. They're yeah. playing him on the wing. They're they playing, playing him. Yeah, I've seen him play from the one to the four pretty much. Well, like, he's 6'8". Eight. Eight, so yeah, I mean, so. Uh, but I mean, one thing interesting. I mean, we look at Luca, like you say. Uh, to me, 
Uh, you know, you look at him, he's leading the league. I mean, no, not leading the league, league. but he's leading right. the rookies yeah. in the league in scoring. Uh, I think he's either first or second in, in rookies in rebounding. And he's about fourth in rookies in assists. Yeah. So I mean I think he's the most polished. He got he's the most polished rookie so far. But I agree with Lowe's. Trey looks very impressive. Yeah, yeah, he looks I very am. impressive. But uh, I think you know just the categories I just named statistically, and then you're just looking at Luca. You could tell that Luca's gonna be a star. Yeah, and I think really when you just look at the guys that have been at the top of the draft, I think that so far they've been panning out um, mm-hmm. early off in this season. You even look at the number one pick in DeAndre Aiden. I'm gonna throw you a lob, another person that we can have in here. I, 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 I couldn't just really. Yeah. I've been on. I've been on my realistic stuff yeah. today, man. I just couldn't put Aiden yeah. over Luca oh, right, with right. those statistical categories. Right. But right. Aiden is another. Aiden is another that's one. Good. I mean, you look at him. He basically averaging 16 and 10 or 16 that's and 11. Great. That that's great. That's great as a as a rookie. Um, looking still pretty polished. I still think Luca has looked more polished. Yeah, Luca does. But for you to come in instantly and be able to put up those type of numbers, I mean, you know, and you know, it's only been ten games, so I mean, I mean, if Luca is able to get his average up to twenty two points, man, yeah, and I, to me, he's only going to get better. From he only going to get so better. It's bro. like it's, it's just a shame that Dallas really don't have nothing around them. No. No, nah, I mean Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, bro, are y'all still on Dennis Smith, bro? bro like he is who he is, bro. Nah, he he is who he is, bro. Like nah, year, but bro. when he came in the league, he was just so hyped up, bro. He was like so hyped up, like people were like, oh, Dennis Smith, you know, gonna be like they expected Dennis to be what Luca is, you know, his rookie year. But you gotta look at it. Dennis was one of the to me last year. He was a top five rookie. Easily. Top five. Yeah. Easily. All right, look at last I put Kuz ahead of him. Okay. I put, uh, okay, of course, Ben and Donovan are the obvious ones. Okay. Jason Tatum. Okay. Jason Tatum, Kuz. Uh, so I guess he will be number five, right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, had a, he had a really good rookie year. I think you got to look at I put the Darren Fox in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Darren Fox been balling yeah, this year. Yeah, he's been balling. He's been balling this year. Balling. I think you got to yeah, look at Yeah, he's, he's hey, five. Still, He's, He's still fine. young, bro. I mean, this is going to be his second year in the league. This is his second year. Oh, no, Ben. Huh? Ben. You already said Ben. You did what you did earlier. I did. I did, oh, say, did I say the Patriots even though I said the Patriots? <laughs> I did not say Ben. You did say Ben. Did I say Ben Lowe's? You said Ben. You said Ben. Damn, my memory is failing me yeah. badly, right? And then the fact that to me, then Ben wasn't even really in that draft class. So if you just take it to the 2017 draft class. It got to be another rookie that I'm forgetting, right? That was a loaded rookie class. It got to be somebody I'm forgetting. And y'all just not, for my point's sake, y'all not going to help me out, huh? Because y'all realize that, <laughs> yeah, man, dude, man look, let me look at this rookie class last year, man. I'm missing somebody, bro. I'm, I'm missing somebody. Lowe's, is he missing anybody? Uh, look at this, man. Nah, hell, I ain't letting y'all get away with this, man. I ain't letting y'all get away with this. I know I'm forgetting the rookie. I know it. Because, I, Lonzo? Lonzo! Y'all, oh, y'all are wrong for that, man. Y'all gonna let me sit up there. Y'all gonna let me sit up there and not and, and accept Dennis to sway y'all point. That's messed up, man. We supposed to be brothers. That's messed up. So that's five rookies ahead of Dennis. 
No, 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 didn't no. Play, didn't Dennis make first team all rookie? Nah, man. I want to say... I did say Donovan Mitchell. You did you? Yeah. yeah you said Donovan Mitchell. So you said Ben Simmons, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Kuzma, and then him. And Lonzo. And marketing. Marketing. No, marketing. No, marketing. What? No, marketing had a great year last year. He was year. great. Man, no. You, he I'm averaged 15, 15. I'm and, not giving you No, man. 36 from 315 and 7? No, man. No, but I, I will say this, though. No, he didn't make first team. He didn't make first team. Kuzma made it. Marketing, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. Those are the, those are the, that's who made uh, that's who made the uh, first team. And and Dennis Dennis made second team. Dennis averaged fifteen and five. Dennis is not a top five rookie. Lonzo Lonzo is ahead. Lonzo is ahead though. Listen to what you just said. You about to act like Dennis Smith Jr. is garbage. And he said he averaged fifteen and five as a rookie. Did I say he was garbage though? That's what you 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 said. Luca don't have anything over there in Dallas. That's what you said. Yeah, that was your word. I stand, have I stand by it. I stand by it. I stand by it. So if Dennis Smith Jr. is nothing, then that pretty much nothing garbage. Kind of all the same thing in yeah. my book. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, Dennis Dennis probably is is, is going to be a role player. And he was made out to be. I'm just relying on his, you know. And I mean, I, these are all predictions, so we never know. But prior to the draft, you know, with his athleticism, they're just like, oh, my goodness, you know, Dennis is going to really be a star. Dennis this, that, and that. And he could still be. But right now, right. you know, he, he's, he's averaging 16.8, basically 17 points per game this year. You think about this. What, what, what we mess up all the time is that we just look at stars when they didn't got into their fifth, sixth, seventh, they prime years, and yeah. we think about them then. We don't think about Kawhi Leonard when he was averaging seven points. Yeah, we don't think Leonard about Paul Leonard. George when he was no, averaging we don't. eight points. They were we trash. don't think about all that kind of stuff. They were but now, when this guy is averaging almost seventeen in his second year, then all of a sudden he don't have a promising future ahead. I don't, I'm not saying he don't, but like I say, he Luca don't have nothing over there. I mean. Come on, man. Like, you, you act like I'm saying Dennis is going to be just hot garbage. I mean, he may be a role, a nice role player every 16 points throughout his career. But <laughs> he may be somebody that, that emerged. So, a every- player that, that whose stats are trending upward from his rookie year. His rookie year, which he averaged 15, like you said. But his stats are trending upward in his second year. But we not we, we just going to still say Luke don't have I don't him. like Dennis, bro. Okay. I just don't like him. Just by the eye test. But I, I I mean Dallas is still trash, so it don't really matter. But Luca is the clear star. So you say Luca Luca is the star. Luca is gonna be the man. Luca is who you could build a franchise. Luca is gonna be Luca has the highest ceiling. I'll give you that. So is he somebody you could you feel as though he could build a, you could build a franchise around? I can't determine that in ten games. Okay. That's fair. And and Dennis, you know, do you feel like you could build a team around Dennis? <laughs> I think he could be. I think he could be a number two guy. Exactly. I don't see him as like that. That man. I don't see him being a super. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, so a number two is nothing. So you would think that. All right. Before. Before I, I'm not gonna even count like Steph and KD is one and two all that. I don't even count that. Yeah. But Clay right. Thompson was an obvious number two. Yeah. So. 
you telling me that when Steph Curry had Klay Thompson as his number two, Klay Thompson was nothing? That's true. That's a good point. That's a solid point. But also, number one and number two means differently on different teams, too. That's true. So, I mean, on like on a championship team, would I find Dennis my number two? Then, nah. You know what I'm saying? But, I, again, it's not. You like, I was like Dennis a lot. But I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Dennis. But as of now, I would say, you know, I think that when I look at their team, I'll get it as a Dallas Mavs fan that I would look at, you know, Luca and be excited about. But when I look at Dennis, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that that's all I'm saying. But y'all gonna y'all ain't we ain't gonna bypass this. He's not a top five. He wasn't the top five rookie that year, bro. Come on now, y'all. Y'all can't y'all got y'all I know we I'll just say he's so name your top five. I named it. He, I named it. One, one, ben two, Simmons. Number one. Ben Simmons. Kyle Kuzma. Jason Ta- number, Kyle Kuzma. No, I'm not not in any particular order. This is my. All right, Uh, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo. Those are my top five rookies. Okay. I mean, okay, Lonzo the Lakers. I can't argue that, but I think again, they're five in, five B. Nah. They're not five in, five B. We're really hard to But they two different players, though. They are. They are. They are. Lonzo is a kind of a do-it-all type of guy. But I'm just saying, I think they both have their bright spots. They both have their points where they disappear. And that's why I think they're both at that five. You know, and I've been, I've been the voters when they had that first team. They they had they struggled with putting Lonzo over Dennis Smith. You know, that, that swap, I bet that was a talk between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's all subjective. We'll see. That's why you know. That's why we continue to watch. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't write off another 15 and five guy um, in his rookie year, Russell Westbrook. I'm glad you didn't write him off. Man. Oh, that's look, a whole other look thing. at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't write off another 15 and five guy in his his rookie year. Okay, all right. So uh, you know, and like when you look at the NBA, you have your teams that you like. There are players that you like secretly like, like you secretly. Admire them from a distance, even though your loyalty sits with your favorite team. Y'all have, y'all have yeah. that? Yeah. 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 I kind of have that with the Wizards and Bradley Bill and John Wall. And currently they're sitting at two and eight. This is a marriage that's been going on for, I think that Bradley Bill has probably been in his prime for, I think, three years, I would say. John has been in his prime for about, you know, about four years. Um, clearly this isn't working. Uh, they started out. They they're off to right now a struggling two and eight start. Um, it's kind of like in Toronto when they was doing the the uh, the Lowry and the and the the uh, Rosen experiment and it just didn't work out. But you know what? What like what do the Wizards do? Is it finally time to bust up this Bradley Beal John Wall thing? I think it's going to happen. It's destined to happen. It's been a while. And it's it's time because. I mean, you look at that team, you know, and Scott Brooks, you know, it, it made somebody's gonna take the downfall for it, and I think it's gonna start with Scott Brooks eventually getting fired at some point, you know, especially if they continue this way. Call me crazy, continue. but I don't think it's his fault. But keep keep going. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But somebody always has to take the downfall, just like last year with Toronto. I didn't think it was the, the coach's fault. 
Did you? No. He he grew into a number one seed and they got rid of him. Yeah. So I don't think, but someone always have to take the downfall. Yeah. That's just how it works. So I think Scott, the head coach is always the first one to yeah. go. And I, I think around the deadline, that's when they're going to start trying to um, see, okay, well, we're going to keep Wall. And I think that's a legit question the Washington Wizards have to answer. You know, who do we build around? Are we going to keep Wall or are we going to keep Bill? Or, you know, or are we going to get rid of both of them and just start all the way over, and, you know, start this thing over? And so eventually I think what's going to happen is they're both going to be gone. I think that's that may be bold or a hot take, but I think they're both going to be gone from that team. You know, because I just think they, they just don't mesh well, you know. And I think me and you were talking about this, Rob, when I was in town. They just they just don't seem to mesh too well, you know. And they you remember last year when John Wall was out for that extended period of time and Gortat and the team was kind of throwing shade at John Wall, kind of like, yeah, you know, you win. They're saying things, you know, and this is not the exact quote. They're saying things like, um, yeah, when, you, you know, you share the ball, you know, you know, we, we, you know, John Wall was throughout those games and they, they went on a little bit of a win streak. You share the ball, you win games, you know, and it's kind of pretty much saying your point guard can't be a ball hug. And John Wall. I mean, Westbrook is a ball hug and it works pretty well. I, I agree, but you see, you know, they won't never win like that. You know what I'm saying? You will get so for only so far playing that type of ball. And so I just think they're both going to end up gone to answer your question. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be somewhat kind of difficult, honestly, to move John Waldo. And the reason why Definitely I say that contract. is that that contract, that extension that he has, that's really about to kick in next season. So you about to look at over the next – of course, this year he's still on his deal. He's making about $19 million. Next year, you're going to make it. Thirty-seven, basically thirty-eight million. The year after that is basically at forty-one million. The year after 46. that is forty-four, and then it goes up to forty-six million. Yeah. So you talking about over, you know, those next four years after that, like he's going to be taking up a huge amount yeah. of a salary cap. So it's like, is a team really going to decide to trade for that to know that that's going to hit their books on a regular basis? I think Washington is going to be it's. It's going to be kind of a tough spot that they find themselves in, but they can't do anything but blow that up. That's going nowhere. you got to blow it up. And I do agree with your point, Lowe's, that, you know, that the coach always kind of takes it first. You see this over and over again. It's easier to just kind of get rid of a coach and try to reset that way than to, you know, deal a player or get rid of a player. So I do, like you said, I think Scott Brooks is going to be the one that initially takes the heat, will probably be the one that's initially gone and replaced. But I still don't think that anything will ever come of this team. They got to split it up. They got to reset. Well, I look at John. Everybody wants to blame John. And I, I think Gortat was really, really weak. And I wouldn't want him on my team for saying those things about a player that's hurt. That's whack. You don't come out and do that to a That's man. That's no. whack. And, it, it, you know, a lot of times you never know what's personal going on for them to say that. When you look at a guy that's averaging 21 and, and 7, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's 21-7, and seven, and like the contract you mentioned, I think John Wall has worked every single penny that it is. I don't think that John Wall has looked like himself no. this year yet, but we're only 10 games in. Uh, he looks a little more like he's gained a little weight, yeah, he looks a little and he looks a little, you know, a little less athletic as he has in the past. But, you know, give or take, I mean, he's giving you 21-7. and seven. So, I mean, when, he, when the guy's giving you 21-7, and seven, leading your team and scoring – I don't think that you really can, you know, really blame him. He's doing what he can do. But uh, I agree with you guys, though. I do think that they need to try something different. I do think that Bradley Bill, you know, he's you look at him, he's only 24. He's very young. He's he, he's a great personality. 
he's he's really you know a great player, and I think that he's he slept on a lot. Um, I do think that if he you know who's to say if he went to another team could he be a star like Victor Oladipo uh, did? So I mean he's a star now in my eyes, but you know what I'm saying. I think that you know if, if you know what Bradley Bill's leading the league and scoring with 22.6, John Wall has 21, but. You know, like I said, Bradley Bill, you probably would, would, could move Bradley Bill because his contract's not a, not an issue. And plus, I think that you probably could get better value for, for Bradley Bill, too. Yeah. So I think that that probably would be the guy that would probably have to go if they're trying to make a move to And think about who fits this league, who fits this style of play, the direction that the league is going in. Bradley Bill is more of a prototypical type of player for the era that, we are, that yeah. the league is in at this point. And so, you know, I think, like you were saying, I think on the market, honestly, you can probably get something better for Bill. And then, you know, they just might have to deal with and eat that John Wall contract unless, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. some team is desperate out there. Now, you do have some teams, you know, like, for instance, if Brooklyn can't get a star or anything in free agency, which we don't expect them, maybe they make a deal and say, hey, we'll take on this John Wall deal because we have some cap room and some flexibility yeah. there. Not saying he but they got too many of the same players. That's what I'm saying. Not saying that he. I'm just talking about a situation yeah. like that, yeah, where you know where a team, you know, you see them with cap space, you see them sitting there like a New York Knicks or something. Even though I know they want to be in the KD sweepstakes, but or they, you know Kyrie and all of that. But a team that will have cap space that can say, all right, I'll take on this deal for this kind of star talent. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how it shakes out for them. But they're not heading anywhere, and Dwight Howard also doesn't look too great over there. <laughs> Just had to throw that Oh, in. man, he be standing to the side with ice on his knees. Los, <laughs> me and Los was watching the game the other day, and, and I asked Los, I was like, why is he standing up? On, like why why he won't sit down? He's like man, his his back hurt. He can't even he can't even see. It's painful for him to sit down. I'm like man, I he is the definition of washed. Yeah. He like is. like when we like earlier Los when you said Dez was washed, you might as well say Dez is Dwight because Dwight is the <laughs> definition of washed, bro. And that's that bad karma for how he did in LA. He would have stayed his butt in LA and took the pressure like a real man of winning. <laughs> And listen to a real winner in Kobe, then maybe this wouldn't have happened to him. Speak on it. Since he, he hasn't, honestly, he hasn't been the same since he left the Lakers. Everybody kind of looked at him as weak since he did that move. And I'll never forget him signing with the Rockets and him and James Harden posting that picture together. Kind of like kind of like how Paul George kind of did us, you know, even though Paul George was never with us. Post that picture with him and, and Russell Westbrook smoking cigars or whatever. I don't think, I, again... And I find it, I find, I find it weird too. Like when you look at a guy that everywhere he goes, he can't get along with nobody. Yeah. Eventually, you have to look at that guy. You, you can't get along exactly. with Kobe. You can't get along with Coach uh, Van Gundy. You can't get along with James Harden. Like who, who has issues with James Harden? They said they were ready to get rid of him in Charlotte. They wanted him out of that locker room in Charlotte. In Charlotte, in Charlotte, they, they don't have no players. Yeah. They wanted him out of their locker room, so he just kind of has become a cancer or whatever. Locker room, he's in at this point. But uh, I, think, not the, I think that's more. His problem is more of ego. I think he thinks he's better than what he yeah, is now. And yeah. you know, you see him like, like when he went to Atlanta. 
You need to focus like on getting get, get, get the offensive game inside. Yeah, he never really had a true post game, so what makes you think that you can expand your game now when exactly. all your post game was just bully ball and catching lives back in the day? Man, Dwight is trash. And the reason why we speak so badly about him because, like, I don't know, I just don't like Honestly, him. Honestly, when you look at it, though, it was a blessing kind of in disguise that he didn't take on that challenge because I – I just don't know. I don't think he could have handled it. He's not mature enough. Yeah, I don't think he really could have been the cornerstone of the league. No, no, he wouldn't, bro. He don't want to work hard, and he don't like criticism. But I don't know how we got on Dwight, but, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, I mean, I guess I mean really didn't have much more to talk about. Let me let me check the docket. Oh, we could talk about the Lakers struggling. The Lakers, or do we not want to talk about it? I mean, we got Tyson <laughs> Chandler mean, now. We can talk about yeah, that. Yeah. I thought that yeah, was I like, I like what Tyson Chandler's going to bring to us. Um, he's probably going to suck up those minutes that, you know, the backup rookie, you know, that we had coming in. John um, Williams. I'm sorry? You talking about Williams? Yeah, John, John Williams. Williams. So, you know, I think he can fill up in those minutes because as you've seen, the last game we played the Timberwolves, which we played the Timberwolves tonight being Wednesday the 7th, um, we, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns dominated us inside yeah. when every time McGee left the floor. So now we got more of a big man to handle, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. And see, I'm interested to see how we do tonight. I won't be able to stay up and watch much of the game um, as I got early night tomorrow, or early morning tomorrow. But I'm interested to see how Tyson Chandler's, because Luke Wall did come out and say that Tyson Chandler is going to play tonight and they're going to keep the playbook, you know, a little simple, you know, simple for him as he's still getting adjusted to the team. But I'm interested to see how he do with that second unit coming in and, you know, battling with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And another note I want to say is I'm so sick of Jimmy Butler, man. Like, dude, how are you going to say you're going to not play certain games, but every time he plays Lakers, so magically he can start <laughs> mine up. Dude, we need you to take tonight off, you know. So tonight he's supposed to be playing and, you know, it's – He's, he's doing this thing where he's supposed to be taking care of his body. He still wants out of town. But every time the Lakers show up on the, on the schedule, he, he wants to play. For whatever reason, you know, everybody wants to play the Lakers. So I'm a little pissed off with him, man. I'm, I'm just ready for, ready for him to, to make a decision with him. But, again, back to Tyson Chandler. I like him. I like the move. It was a smart move. We need that veteran, more veterans to kind of shape our, our younger guys. So I'm interested to see how he do. Uh, the the Tyson Chandler move, I mean, it makes sense when you look at us, uh, 24th in rebounding differential, which means that rebounding is, is an extreme problem for us. Yeah. Uh, Luke Walton insists on us running this Warriors-type-esque offense, but simply put, we don't have the Warriors players. We're a different team than them, totally and it's not working, and when... Whenever JaVale McGee would go out, we would try to play small ball, and we would get absolutely demolished. So I do think that Tyson Chandler does give us somebody that can relieve JaVale and allow us to have somebody in there to enforce the rim. We know who JaVale is. He's a rim protector. He's going to get you offensive rebounds. He's going to be able to tip the ball out and get us some extra shots on the outside. He's going to defend the paint. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to say that it's a move that really tips us either way. I don't think that it tips us into like a, you know, a, you know, it makes us a better contender or what. It's just a good move, a good piece, yeah. uh, a good reinforcement. 
I really think that our issue is, is outside shooting, apparently. And uh, I think that, you know, we just got to be patient. We're only 10 games in. But we, we, we it's, it's, it's going to be very pivotal if we plan on trying to get into these playoffs and make a run that we get some shooting out there. Right. See, I'm, I'm actually on the fence, and I actually kind of see it a little bit differently than you see it. I think that, to me, this feels more of a need um, and fills a gap more so than adding a shooter or two. And this is why I say that. It's because at the end of the day, what you see, you know, what wins games is what you're going to see at that final score. Mm-hmm. Lakers are third right now in the league in scoring. They're third right now also in the league in field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know that a lot of that is attributed to that we're finishing a lot at the rim. We're getting into the paint. I understand definitely basketball-wise, it would be great to have an outside shooter, to have better shooting for the team. But to me, at the end of the day, if you know if this team is getting 60 points from the perimeter, but you're counteracting that and you're getting 70 from the paint, at the end of the day, points are points. Yeah. So I think that you know our issue as a team has been defensively. You look yeah. at us yeah. bottom three, yeah. Yeah. bottom defense three in the league in, in defense. And so to me, you bringing in someone. Don't get me wrong. I don't think this is Tyson Chandler, obviously from his prime, from the Mavs, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. So we're not building him up to be that. But he fills a gap. He can come in, play a good 10 to 15 minutes maybe in a night, making sure that those bigs like uh, like your boy Jokic from Denver or mm-hmm. uh, Car Anthony Towns, as you mentioned, that they don't punish us whenever JaVale McGee goes to the bench. So I think it's a solid pickup. But still, too, the Lakers just going to have to figure out a lot of things defensively. They're never going to get to that next hurdle or become potentially a true contender until they start playing better defense. Yeah. And so um, we're out in. So I mean, just real quickly, uh, we saw your Duke Blue Devils. They oh, looked, yeah, they looked yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, I think RJ Barrett had what the the most yeah, points most, as a freshman in yeah, the debut in, in the Duke debut. uniform. And Duke the second uniform. on that list was Zion Williamson. Yeah, the second was Zion with twenty eight. Um, Eighty nine points were accounted for by y'all by our freshmen. I mean, remarkable. I mean, yeah, nah, it's it's crazy. They look scary out there. And the thing and they about, played the number four team in the country, Kentucky. Well, Kentucky was the number two number team. Number two, and they were yeah, number four. My bad, four, my bad. Which, which don't, don't even get yeah. me on that. I don't understand how Duke started off as the number four team. But, of course, I'm biased because I'm a Duke fan. But the thing about it is that people really, to me, sleep on Cam Reddish. Like, everybody sees R.J. Barrett is great, will be a top two pick no matter what. Zion Williamson, those are going to be the top two picks in the draft coming up. Um, but Cam Reddish is either the number three pick or, at worst, a top five pick. And you saw well, him. Well, you know how it is. Yeah. Zion and R.J. Baird are special. Yeah. And, you know, if Cam Reddish went to any other school, he would be, he would be, yeah. he would be in those, those top. Yeah. You know? He dropped 22 last night, you know, in that game. So, it's like. Yeah. So, they. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can go, Lowe's. No, I'm just saying that's nuts to think about. One team can have top three, top five players on it. Like that is nuts, and you not you not start them as the number one team. How can you name three teams that's better than that? You know what I'm saying? Like they show they embarrassed Kentucky last night. They didn't beat them. You know it wasn't they were playing with them. They you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even close from the start. It was just like, come on, man, who's making this stuff? Like they should have started as the number one team, and they're gonna finish as the number one team. I I would be surprised. I would be surprised this year. I, I like, I like what I saw with the plan, 
But I'll be surprised they get a loss this year, man. That's how good I think yeah. they're going to be this year. I don't want to get too crazy, I'd be surprised, too. I'd be surprised too. they have a loss this year. And then the thing that they, they, their mindset, like the way they talk, bro, they just have the desire to be great. They say they don't want to be the greatest Duke team. They want to be the greatest college team of all time. They come in and uh, they, the reason why they even linked up as top five recruits because they want to do something yeah. special, you know. And when yeah. you see, I love right. that mentality, bro. That's the mentality right. that, you know, it's, it's in a sense of competitiveness that, that, that they're not going to beat one of them teams that go undefeated and then – you know, play some little uh, garbage team and, and lose uh, lose concentration and lose. They they really want to be right. undefeated. They want right. to win it all. And and one of the under underrated things too, and one thing that's not mentioned as much too, is the impact of Trey Jones in all of this. Really, Trey Jones is really what initiated this yeah. and got them together. And he's going to be the glue throughout the course of the season. Going to be the one that orchestrates the offense. Throughout the course of the year, he's going to play that similar role to he's what better he's better than Ty's. Uh, ooh, nah, not yet. Yeah, you can't say that. Yeah. Ty's <laughs> championship. Yeah, and Ty's was big in that championship run, yeah, especially in the Final Four. Yeah. He was he was huge in that run. It was crazy that actually their first game they both finished with seven assists, and I think Ty's maybe had one turnover, and Trey didn't have any turnovers last night, but. Them boy, they just look, they look insane. They look nice, you man. get them on a fast break, that's it. I can, uh, I'm a college basketball so, is back. Yes, I say this, this, this point. One thing watching the game last night that surprised me. A lot of people, you know, mark Zion Williamson as a guy that's just a dunker. Yeah, he showed, he's he a talent. Down shots, you know, he showed that he has game. You know, he shows that he can shoot the ball. Also, yeah. If if he can consistently do that all year. No doubt in my mind, he's the number one pick, you know. And I seen today where Steve Kerr came Ooh, out and Lord. compared him to LeBron James, and I was like, "My God, man, that's crazy!" Yeah. You know, comparing him to LeBron James, but I, I like him a lot, and I think he, if he can not consistently knock down outside shots because he can't be stopped at the rim or going to the rim, if he can consistently knock down shots, he's easily the number one pick, and I, you can easily compare him to a LeBron. I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be it's pump the brakes on that, right? Um, but it's gonna be interesting because R.J. Barrett is gonna give him a heck of a battle for that number one pick. R.J. Barrett is another guy that that's really could be a transcendent talent as well, and you'll definitely see more of him across the season. But it's just it's crazy that all those guys are together, and like you said, they they trying to be the greatest team of all time. So they got out to a heck of a start with basically dismantling. A talented Kentucky team, and we can't miss that. Kentucky is very talented. Even going into that game, um, uh, Dick Vitale, your uncle, Rob, um, <laughs> he, 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 he said that Kentucky, um, the way that he saw them playing over this summer, it was like the the best team that he had seen and the most cohesive team that he had seen at that point, like putting it together and piecing it together that early. And you look at a Duke team that just – dismantled them and with that Duke team Cam Reddish and Trey Jones also didn't really play with Duke when they were on that tour in Canada and all of that when Zion and RJ Barrett were you know playing and all of that so this is a team too that's going to continue to get more chemistry together so it's it's going to be a crazy year going to be a crazy year for them I'm excited for your Dukes man yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to just watch them guys bro so, we did it again, man. Episode 20 is in the books, man. 20 episodes yeah. in, bro. We finally out of the team, man. We're getting up there. Yeah. 
that says two things about us that we consistent and we only getting better so if you've been rocking with us for them 20 episodes we surely appreciate it as we as i always say spread it to a friend make sure that you follow us on o underscore benchworms on twitter and instagram make sure that you are subscribing to us on itunes and google play and stitcher as well and if stitcher has subscriptions i don't know yeah you can you can you can subscribe on stitcher okay uh, cool. you can make it all right good uh and leave a review if you feel inclined to definitely leave a yeah. review so shout out, shout out to louisiana man passing the fantasy bill man i just want to say that man. oh yeah man, shout I'm out to that man that. i can start taking your money <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. so so we're gonna get out of here and until next time peace all right